0: Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. This is the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Val. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model.
1: This is Holiday. This is Steve Young.
0: E F F Y F E. And you're listening to the only podcast that calls it Right Down the Middle. The whole Reppin' Show.
2: Coming to you live from Hollywood, California, and Atlanta, Georgia, it is the 50th episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin Show. And now, here are your hosts, Perry Smith and Darren Beasley. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith.
0: And my name is Darren Beasley.
2: And we want to welcome you to our 50th episode.
0: That's what I was going to say. It's not just any episode. It's not just another episode. It's the 50th episode episode. It is the golden episode, the golden anniversary, the gold standard, if you will.
2: Nothing standard about this episode. It is it is the platinum. It is the platinum beyond standard. It exceeds <laughs> expectations. Uh, but in this very special, uh, very special episode, you will notice uh, we are live. We are in fact broadcasting live. Um, not together, of course. Um, no. As many may recall, I am no longer on the east coast. Uh, I am in front of a packed house at the Palladium on Hollywood Boulevard. Folks, give yourself a round of applause. Beautiful. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate that. I
1: appreciate that. Great. And I am
0: on the hallowed grounds of what used to be the Omni in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, it's something else now. It is not a pile of rubble, but... Uh, <laughs> we don't refer to it uh by its current name because it has no class it has no taste but we remember the good old days where the four horsemen and the nature boy rick flair ran wild at the omni so i am coming to you live from the omni in atlanta georgia
2: yeah it is it is loud over there for sure darren but uh a shame we couldn't actually be together. We went through a great expense to rent out two different uh, venues. We probably could have just yes. rented out one, but, you know, <laughs> I, I'd have to, like, another, you know, trip across the country. It's too soon for me, so.
0: too soon. Too soon. Hashtag too soon.
2: Hashtag too soon. Like, uh, like uh, Jenner Mahal getting the uh, title. Um, oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, it's always about wrestling here on the whole Ref and Show. There was, Wrestling podcast calls are right down the middle. Um, so yeah, very special episode. We got uh, tons of headlines. We did miss you guys last week uh, due to, uh, well, I guess traveling. Uh, a lot of difficulty and travels and technical issues. But uh, now we're back together again, apart together. Um, but yeah,
1: a we lot to...
0: Apart together. It was weird to miss a week. We went 49 consecutive weeks. I know. so much as missing... A single episode, and then here we were on the cusp, on the very brink of the golden anniversary, and uh, we just uh, we decided to take a week off. And uh, of course, we, there were a lot of logistics in uh, booking these venues.
2: There were, and there were
0: all these lovely guests here tonight. Yeah. we're so glad to have you. Thank
2: you so much, everybody. Thank you. They also cheered on my end, by the way, just now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, we take we a week off, of course, and sometimes there's uh, not a lot going on, and sometimes there's a lot going on, and of course, this time there's a lot going on. Uh, we'll talk about JBL uh, leaving his commentator uh, duties on SmackDown Live. Uh, give you a uh, update on the Nature Boy Rip Flair's condition. More troubles at GFW and Anthem. Uh, And we're going to talk about injuries galore, including uh, Big Cass and Asuka, who wrapped up in that one. Not to mention the fact that, of course, Darren Beasley did attend the one-year anniversary bash for Fest Wrestling.
0: What, 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 what? That was a killer show. When we're talking about anniversaries, man, did Fest throw a bash down in Gainesville, Florida. I'm so glad to have been there, and I'm going to tell you all about it, dear listeners.
2: And we were there, but we weren't both there.
0: (laughs) And I was there, and you were there in
2: spirit. It doesn't have
0: quite the same ring to it, but, you know, again, in spirit.
2: Right. I I sent a drone with a camera, but I couldn't get inside the building. (laughs) I couldn't figure out how to fly it in. I think Beastly attacked it anyway. But anyway... Um, So we're going to talk about that, of course. We're going to have one of our favorite, and it's hard to say it, we've had a lot of great guests on the show. We've had a lot of positive feedback, though, with this particular guest. He's actually the guy who kind of introduced us to Fest Wrestling, so it's very fitting that we have him on our show one more time, and that is the golden boy of grab-ass himself, Effie. Fresh off his victory against Leon Scott at Fest Wrestling. We're going to hear all about it.
0: Again. The golden anniversary, the golden boy of Grab Ass.
2: Now he's the platinum off. boy of Grab Ass.
0: This <laughs> it is just, it is a dovetail. It is a dovetail of two cities, and those cities are Hollywood, California, and Atlanta,
1: Georgia. That's Let right. Let's hear it from the crowd.
0: Let's hear it for the boys. The boys are back in town with episode 50, and I don't mean Thin Lizzy, but I do mean that it's going down tonight.
2: It is most certainly going down. It is the dance, as Paul Heyman would say. Uh, But before we can get through all that stuff, let's start from the very beginning. Let's start with some of them. Headlines!
0: the wwe john bradshaw layfield out like a fat kid in dodgeball and i could not be happier
2: out like a fat kid and dodgeball i think you've said that before and i mentioned that i was actually decent at dodgeball um so i don't know if i can back up that uh, that saying but i am glad that a jbl was gone from the commentary team um, I wonder what I wonder why because he says like I've got all these things going on. I want to work on those things, and he does like what yeah. rugby? Is it rugby that he does? Some other sport that he he he's in cahoots with? Of course, of course, it would be rugby. It would be
0: something that is unadvisable, something that only JBL would back. So that if anybody had anything against it, he could be like, "Oh man, what are you a pussy?" Right. So I'm sure it's probably rugby. Now, I think it was something to do with like there was some travel like discrepancies, some some I don't know, something about some travel that I guess he was being admonished for. And he just decided to to split and sort of out of protest. So I don't think it was very uh, I don't think it was a very good situation, Uh, but it's good for me. Because I hate JBL.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you know, J- JBL. I never, I can't find any good qualities about JBL. Like, n- <laughs> not, not as I mean. Well, I mean, seriously, not as a wrestler. I never I really, don't. I never really cared. Uh, commentator, uh, he never really said the right thing for me. I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't care that he's leaving, and you know, all the, all the sexual harassment. Possibilities that, you know, may or may not happen aside. Um, it just, he, he never really did it for me. So, I mean, him leaving is kind of like, okay, good. Someone I care about will hopefully step in those shoes.
0: Yeah, well, for the time being, at least, it's going to be Corey Graves. Corey Graves is stepping into JBL's spot on SmackDown while staying on Raw. So much for the brand
2: split. Yeah, which makes Corey Graves. A Grand Slam champion because he's done commentary on every single show now, so and
0: and also because he orders the Grand Slam at Denny's.
2: Well, in that case, I am a many times over Grand Slam champion. I, I'm a build your own Grand Slam champion.
0: Yeah, does this come with toast? <laughs> but uh, Corey Graves, in order to handled double duty on the two biggest shows for the world's largest wrestling company. He will be stepping away from the announce table on 205 Live, and on Main Event, he will be replaced on those shows by Nigel McGuinness.
1: Nigel (laughs) McGuinness!
0: Coming over... and uh, doing some extra work outside of his NXT
2: duties. He's doing some extra work. He's doing background work. <laughs> sorry, he is. sorry. It's because I'm here in Hollywood, California, at the Palladium. Am I right, folks? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Darren. I'm sorry. It's the Hollywood in there.
0: But it's those real people. Those are real people there with you at the Palladium. Those are not hired
2: extras. No, no. We did not. We did not hire people from Central Casting. And tell them to come over and watch us, watch me by myself, and you, you know, via satellite, do a fiftieth uh, anniversary show. No, of course not.
0: Did I, did I ever tell you that Central Casting tried to uh, hire me to be James Gandolfini's body double?
2: Yes, you did actually. <laughs>
0: uh, the, the late, the late great James Gandolfini.
1: R.I.P.
2: Uh, R.I.P.
0: It was, it was immediately post Sopranos, and I think they basically. They, I guess, they weren't totally happy with his ass, and so they were. They wanted my ass to stand in for his ass.
2: That's gotta be so, a hard thing to hear, right? Yeah, producers were talking about it. We're not happy with your ass. Um, we're gonna go find a better ass. So uh... we
0: need an ass of someone thirty years younger than you, James. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't worry. He's also uh, a very large, hairy man. He's just younger.
2: Right.
0: It is, he, it's, he has a big fat ass, but it's a little more taut. <laughs> a little more taut.
2: By that I mean it's, it's college educated. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, it was taut. Uh, yes.
0: Okay. Oh, man, that one is really over with the folks here at the artist formerly known as the Omni. Oh, that's Very wonderful. Beautiful. Downtown Atlanta, Georgia.
2: Beautiful. Wonderful. Yes. Oh, man. And I I forgot to uh, compliment you on uh, your wardrobe here. Very fine uh, tuxedo as I also wearing a tuxedo uh, here at the Palladium of course. Uh, We are in our tuxedos.
0: We are in our tuxedos. Those tuxedos were captured in animated form by a dear friend of the show Ben Blanton Yes. a.k.a. Mr. Ben Joe, a.k.a. Mr. Skyfish, a.k.a. Papa Midnight.
1: <laughs> and, uh,
0: he is everybody's papa. He is the papa of the pencil. He is the meister of the cartoon drawing. He is a dear friend of the show. So shout out to Ben capturing our lovely tuxedos that we are wearing on our bi-coastal live 50th episode of of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the Whole Reppin' Show.
2: Very nice, yes indeed. But with that, we say adios to JBL. Uh, I'm sure he'll be popping up at the WWE at some point in the future, and we'll act like it's nice to see him. Can uh, <laughs> only not hope. Right. I'm sure he's got a. He'll have a Legends contract forever. I mean, he hasn't gone to the Hall of Fame yet, has he?
0: Um.
2: God now. Oh, he'll be going in next year. He'll be going in next year, my friend. Speaking of Hall of Famers, though, we got a report about a certain two-time, two-time WWE Hall of Famer. We're talking about the Nick Jabois, uh, Rick Flair. We reported on the show uh, a couple weeks ago that Rick Flair was hospitalized and put into a medically induced coma. Uh, due to a blockage he sustained, which actually ended up affecting many of his uh, vital organs. Um, so in an attempt to kind of slow down <laughs> the progress and I guess the, the mayhem of that, uh, they, they did medically induce a coma. Um, but the Nature Boy is doing well. He's on the mend. He's alive and kicking. And, uh, Dear
0: listeners, if you did not see the video that he put up on Twitter... Please go check it out right now. It is pretty great. My favorite part, of course, is the t-shirt that says, I'm not
2: dead yet, motherfuckers. (laughs) It's a very PG t-shirt. But, yeah, no, it's great. Obviously, the Nature Boy did what Hogan asked, and he he kicked out it too. Um, (laughs) Of all the people for for Ric Flair to refuse to lose to, I'm glad it was death. You know, he'll lose to Hogan. He'll he'll have to lose to Hogan every week, sure, but no, not death. Fuck you, death. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Nature Boy's back, and we'll probably see him on television, I'd imagine, in the coming months. Just as kind of like a, hey I'm okay. So that's
0: great. Uh, I certainly look forward to that. And uh, from all of us here at the hallowed grounds of where the Omni once stood, where you wrestled many, many nights, Nature Boy, Much love to you. Godspeed to you, Ric Flair, on your road to recovery. We're glad to see you
2: up and about. That's right. Can we we get one for the Nature Boy here, folks? That's right. Yeah. All right. Woo!
0: Nature Boy. Coast to coast, Nature Boy.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, man. GFW, folks. GFW, Global Force Wrestling, formerly Impact Wrestling, formerly TNA, Total Nonstop stop Action, um, having some issues. Having some issues, which uh, I would say began with this, but Lord knows it began long ago because uh, GFW is always in trouble. Uh, however, recently, Jeff Jarrett... Uh, head of creative and uh, probably general manager. Like, what is Jeff Jarrett to the company? He's he's a lot of things, right?
0: He's a lot of things at this point. Now that it's GFW and TNA and Impact all wrapped up in one, and it's you know what's old is new again, and sort of every incarnation is at least half his baby. Uh, he definitely stakes claim to a great deal of. GFW. So, yeah, it's kind of mostly his.
2: It's a lot on his plate, apparently a little too much, because Jeff Jarrett is actually taking a sabbatical away from GFW. He is uh, taking the leave of absence for, quote, personal reasons.
0: And that's a little weird because those must be some pretty severe personal reasons because it hasn't been long enough. It's not it had been long enough for a sabbatical.
2: Yeah. No one no one leaves a position of power in wrestling like that No one You have to drag away McMahon Or Stephanie or Shane Oh absolutely
0: you do So I'm very curious what this means But apparently part of what it means Is that Anthem is looking to unload GFW After taking over Impact And taking over GFW And kind of running the ship And plastering an owl on everything. Now Anthem is like, oh, whoops. Maybe we didn't mean to get into sports entertainment after all. So uh, with reports of hemorrhaging money and all that that uh, typically goes uh, with that corporation from Nashville, uh, it's, uh, it's looking ugly. It's looking ugly. I'm curious where it exactly goes from here. Who's going to buy it? Who, Billy Corgan's certainly not going to buy it. Um, I guess there exists the possibility that if Dixie Carter could get a few friends, I think she'd do it just to do it.
2: I think she's out of friends to give her money at this point because I think you that's might right. that, that's how the company stayed afloat for as long as it has. I mean, this thing's been a sinking ship for over a decade, really. Um, and, that, and that's, that sounds harsh, but it, it's kind of true. Um, so, I mean, a lot of companies teeter on bankruptcy, you know, for years and years and years. But hopefully by now the ship should right itself, especially with Anthem stepping in and all these people, you know, Jeff Jarrett coming back. But, I mean, things obviously even now aren't working. The problem is now if Anthem sells GFW, that's Jeff Jarrett's baby, Remember he merged it with Impact and TNA, so he loses everything. Right. He loses everything in this deal. And I think we talked about that, didn't we? We yeah. talked about
0: the fact that if it went south, he would lose everything. Uh, in the same way that Dixie kind of put all her eggs in one basket, and she lost everything. I'm really starting to believe this company needs to hurry up and just go the way of the dodo and put everybody out of their misery
2: you mean kill them all
0: (laughs) Um, I, i tell you the only thing that gfw has going for it is that not only did they sign john hennigan aka johnny nitro aka john morrison aka johnny mundo uh is not only do they have him, but he's going by Johnny Impact, and that is awesome. That's like, cool. I, I really like the fact that he's kind of decided to run with that. Just, I'm Johnny something wherever I am. And instead of it being like, oh, I just got used to you being Johnny, blah, blah, blah. It's instead the gimmick is that it changes, and right. I like that. Because in that way he can actually stay the same while legally getting away with doing that. And that is a brilliant move, and it allows him to actually be the exact same character. Um, and, and and that's very rare. That's very, very rare in wrestling. So I am on board for that, and uh, I'm sure that's not Impact's doing. It's probably no. Johnny's doing. Right. But uh, good for him. I think it's very clever. I dig it.
2: I dig it as well. So all we can do and is what we've always done with, you know, TNA and Impact Wrestling is just wait it out. But it does feel like Billy Corgan just dodged a bullet by not getting control of the company, because I think it was already kinda too late. I I think Anthem is kind of like paying off the bills from like the past couple of years and stuff too, which isn't helping. And they're not making extra money, new money to come in and help cover that, so it, it, it is an undertaking, you know. Uh, it is a the undertaking. <laughs> um, well,
0: it's too bad they didn't call Mark Calloway.
2: It is. It is. He wouldn't have and answered. He wouldn't have answered the phone, Darren. Was that? He would not have answered the phone, Darren. No, no. Uh,
0: probably not. Not not that. Not a phone call from uh, that fucking owl. Yes,
2: that's what it says um, in the caller ID. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would love to see that on my caller ID, I also <laughs> probably wouldn't answer. Um, I was wondering how long it would take one of us to mention Billy Corgan, since we were talking about the sale of GFW. I hope Billy just doesn't even catch wind of this, because he might go, oh, what, 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 I'll still buy it?
2: No, no, no. I mean, I'm sure he's got a 1,000 people at uh, Global um, that'll be like, hey, this is going on, now's your chance, Billy. And they go, I'll buy it. <laughs> uh,
0: I am always slightly uh confused by your Billy Corgan impression, but I I enjoy it. I,
2: I can't I don't do his normal uh, his normal speaking voice. I do like his like mid song voice, you know, like, you know.
0: Well, sure, you you shouldn't do his normal speaking voice because his normal speaking voice sounds like a normal speaking voice. I know,
2: and where's the impersonation? So I like to do it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But no, Billy Corgan, please steer clear of GFW. We haven't even heard anything in a while about your NWA foray, so stop buying wrestling companies. Just don't do it. Teenage suicide, Billy, don't do it. Well
2: done, well done. I was hoping for that one. Good.
0: And now we've got some injuries to report. Woo, woo,
2: woo, woo. That's right. We're going to shift to a there. successful company, the WWE. Aww. Oh, man. I don't think, uh, you
0: know, why didn't Billy just try and buy, like, majority stake in WWE?
2: I don't know. He wants to, He wants to actually control what he
0: has, so. Uh, well, he could if he had the majority.
2: That's a lot of same. money. That's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, he's not gonna buy, he's not gonna buy more of WWE than Vince McMahon. Oof. That would just that would just be silly. But anyway, yes, to the WWE. We've got a couple of unfortunate injuries. Asuka, the Empress of Tomorrow, injured a few yesterdays ago. We have not talked to you in a couple of weeks, dear listeners. And all of you dear listeners and attendance here at the Omni, or what used to be the Omni here in beautiful downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. So we have news to report, and that is Asuka was injured in Brooklyn. Oh. Takeover Brooklyn 3, the night before SummerSlam, Asuka successfully defended NXT Women's Championship with a victory over Ember Moon. However, she broke her collarbone during this match and has relinquished her NXT title. And that's heartbreaking. It is collarbone breaking and it is heartbreaking.
2: It is. It's uh, It's interesting because I think the question for them was, does she lose it on the way out to go to, when she moves up to the, the rosters, the main rosters, um and uh this kind of settles that for them because she relinquishes it without actually losing it. You know what I mean? She lost yeah, it, I, but she didn't lose I, I, it.
0: No, you're right, absolutely. I think the heart the heartbreaking part though is that there is a totally uh unceremonious end to the a uh, record setting reign. Right. And that's the unfortunate part of the whole thing. I mean, the injuries injuries happen. I'm sure it was extremely painful. That sucks. The rehab is going to be painful. And obviously, she's going to miss some time. But what really, really sucks about the whole thing is the unceremonious end to the rain. They've they've celebrated this rain very heavily. And I'm sure they will continue to, but we'll never forget that it ended with her simply giving up the belt. Right. And that's not very heel of her. And she's been quite heel. For uh, for some time now, I almost wish uh, wish that she would have come out and really, really raised hell, refusing to give up the belt, saying that despite the fact that she was physically unable to defend it, she wasn't giving it up because there was no one there. There's no one in NXT worthy of holding the belt, like you know. And then ultimately, Regal could have stripped her. Or they could have made the bold move of letting her keep it. Either legitimately let her keep it, and like, you know, Regal is just sort of like at her mercy, and he's like, well, I guess she's just got the belt. Uh, Sorry, other ladies. Um, Or, you could do a thing where she refuses to give up the belt, and you end up with like a Razor HBK situation. Or, all those many, many interim UFC champions. And while Asuka takes her belt and goes home to rehab or collarbone, uh, they introduce a second NXT Women's Championship. Um, And they can either say, no, this is the real one, screw Asuka. Or they can say it's the interim belt. And then when Asuka comes back, then it could be belt versus belt match. And you could have a women's ladder match. Oh my God. it, it writes itself. It's no, no, so I. Easy. I
2: the, the, these are all these are all good. It's uh, actually really good ideas for storyline. Um, I think they just already kind of had the idea of Oscar just moving up. Okay, well, she'll move up, and this will happen. So they're kind of like, well, and we, and we just introduced these new belts too. So does she keep the new belt? They bring back the old women's belt and go, this is the real NXT belt, you know? Because man, that, that that could all work. Because technically, there are other belts they could use. Um, But no, storyline-wise, I mean, obviously there's a way to work around anything in wrestling. That's kind of one of the good things about wrestling.
0: I know, I know.
2: You're not wrong. (laughs) I'm just saying, (laughs) that's a lot of, of tap dancing. And the thing about NXT, you only have an hour to tell multiple stories every week, so... Um, And
0: you definitely don't have time for a tap dancing segment.
2: No, you don't. Uh, Also, speaking of NXT, something we didn't mention because we've been uh, a very brief hiatus. uh, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode made his jump to uh, WWE, and he's now on SmackDown Live. So good for Bobby Roode.
0: The glorious one, Bobby Roode, making... uh, I, I always try to hesitate... Uh, I tried to hesitate. You tried I do hesitate. to hesitate. It's
2: not hard to hesitate.
0: I do hesitate to use the word impact when I'm talking about WWE. But Bobby Roode making an impact over on SmackDown and uh, becoming a part of that roster. And good for Bobby Roode. It makes sense. The landscape has changed a lot in NXT in just a few short weeks.
2: We mentioned that with the, uh, the introduction of Adam Cole and... Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. Um, Adam Cole, baby! That's right. So, it, it, it did uh, take over. Uh, Bobby Roode's loss of takeover did seem kind of like a changing of the guard. And he, he's, he's uh, moved up. And uh, it's cool to see him on the main roster for sure. And uh, he's doing well. He's already over. Um, so, we'll see who Roode's going to be feuding with. Speaking of feuds uh, and injuries, uh, one feud... I don't know if it'd be cut short because it's been going on for quite a while by now. But Big Cass, Big Cass, the seven-footer, was injured in his Brooklyn street fight against uh, Enzo Amore. Capitales. Um, <laughs> uh, he actually, uh, he actually hurt his knee. Uh, I think it may have been an ACL tear. The thing is, since we've come to you last, uh, he's already had surgery. That's the thing about these injuries. You're injured? Okay, surgery now. Get prepped for surgery. Like, you know, I, I just ate. No. No, no, go. Go get surgery. Go um, yeah. so, jump in the pool. Swim. <laughs> exactly. what my mom said. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Big Cass already... Uh, had the surgery, he's already on the mend. Uh, I think it's going to be some months until he comes back. Um, but man, it just that brings his whole thing to a screeching halt because uh, obviously he's being built up as the next big main, uh, big show feuding with him forever. And big Show's are already moved on to feuding with Braun Strowman. Um, probably a little feud, more of like a Braun Strowman. He's so strong he can throw the biggest guy through a steel cage, and it's what he does, uh, which happened on Raw. I think Exactly, which actually happened on Raw. So um, yeah, Big Cass will come back when he does. Oscar, a lot of a lot of uh, talk about her uh, returning, not to NXT but to the main roster. So that'd be kind of cool to see her just show up on the main roster all of a sudden. Um, and uh, we await for them to come back, of course.
0: And hopefully, it will not be too long. I am excited to see these two return. Two of my favorites from the last several years. Of the professional wrestling world. Hopefully their injuries heal quickly. And we'll see them back in action. But when you want to talk about action. You needed to have been in Gainesville, Florida. This last Sunday. For the one year anniversary bash of best wrestling. Let's talk about it. episode of the Whole refin Show the golden anniversary here with our bi-coastal live crowds here at the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, fans. And also out west with Perry at the Palladium in Hollywood, California.
2: Thank you, folks. Thank you. They love just hearing their names.
0: Their names, their, their names. <laughs> the They're all
2: named Palladium and folks. Uh, <laughs> they love hearing their names.
0: Oh, well, from these two lively, raucous crowds to the most raucous crowd in all of professional wrestling, that's the one in Hogtown in Gainesville, Florida, in the swamp at Seconds Saloon, yes the fest wrestling crowd by punks for everyone the show that was the one-year anniversary bash celebrating one year of fest wrestling since a wrestling ring grew out of tony weinbender's brain and set up shop in a boot scooting boogie saloon in downtown gainesville we are celebrating that one-year anniversary with a bash, and uh, I was there.
2: You were there. Unfortunately, I was not there. Uh, ill-timed uh, relocating for me, uh, which means I missed a fest show, which is awful. I feel bad about it. Um, but I gave all—I gave all of our favorites, all of our friends of the show. I said, "Hey, man, and woman's, man's, you do it, all right? You did it,
0: wo man." Whoa, man. Yeah, so next Fest Wrestling show will be, of course, at the Fest 16, the 27th through the 29th of October in Gainesville, Florida. The show will be called We Are Family, and it will be on the final day of the Fest 16 in October of this year. Perry... And I will be there with bells on because on Saturday, the 28th, we will have a live version, another live version, much like this one, much like this one. This one will be live from the hippodrome in Gainesville, Florida, and uh, special guests to be announced. But first, let's tackle this show, the one year anniversary bash. I wish you could have been there, man.
2: I wish I could have been there as well.
0: It was uh, a party from the get-go. There were multicolored balloons and streamers and everything. It, it really—it looked like a three-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it was a one-year-old's
2: birthday party. It was party. a one-year-old's, yeah, yeah.
0: It was a one-year-old's birthday party, and uh, you know how one-year-olds like to celebrate, don't you? You know how they like to celebrate their birthdays? No. With iced cold Pabst Blue That's
2: Ribbon. That's right, yes, yes.
0: It was on sale for $2, and it kept us all hydrated so we could celebrate the one-year anniversary of Fest Wrestling. I know we've said a lot about Fest Wrestling on this program, and we will say even more, but I'm going to take this opportunity at this very moment to say just a little bit more, and thank God for Fest. Thank God for Tony Weinbender. This has been such a beautiful, beautiful company and endeavor uh, to be a part of, to be a fan of, to be a part of the Fest Wrestling family. Tony has invited uh, Perry and myself, the whole reference show, deep into the fold, and we are glad to be part of the Fest Wrestling family. And the way that they are revolutionizing independent wrestling, uh, again and again, every time they get together at Eight Seconds and then put on an absolutely killer indie wrestling show. So this this show would be no exception. Nice. Um, the first batch of the night is uh, wow! They they hit us hard and heavy, right in the face. Is a sucker punch. It is a scramble match. And uh, this scramble match winner will gain entry into the We Are Family, the Fest 16's PBR Wildman Cup. There will be a Wildman Cup Battle Royal at the October show called We Are Family. The winner of the scramble match gets automatic entry into that Battle Royal and... And, and I like this, it's kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card, or maybe it's community chest, I don't know. But, it is a re-entry, a.k.a. a second chance. A continue, uh, if you will. Yes, a one-up. Yes. An extra life. They get an extra man. They get to put a quarter on the machine. Because if they get thrown out of the PBR Wildman Cup, into which they have gained entry, they can get back in. In what? They get a one up. Wow.
2: I wonder how that works. Um, I wonder if you if you have to get back in immediately, or if you can get thrown out and go like sit at the commentary table and hang out with Rich and uh and uh, Max for a while, or
0: uh... <laughs> maybe so, maybe yeah. so. Lucky them. I mean, I like hanging out with Rich and Max. I mean, they're pretty cool guys. Yeah, they're nice. But, so, we have a cool uh, little mix here. We've got some people that we've never seen before and some familiar faces, some fest favorites, and uh, some indie indie uh, superstars, that's for sure. Leva Bates makes her fest wrestling debut. The queen of cosplay, a.k.a. Blue Pants. The last time I saw Leva Bates in person was in the Barclays Center two years ago when she came out to help the vaude villains. And now I see her again here at 8 Seconds uh, for Fest Wrestling. And uh, now she's no longer blue pants. She's blue hair. She comes out with her blue hair. She uh, takes on Carlina Gore. Carlina Gore, I is she a demon? Is she a vampire? I don't know, but she breathes fire. And that was awesome absolutely bad ass gene simmons eat your heart out this fireball looked like it was about to engulf the entire eight second saloon
2: i did see and, I, I did see the the clip of that fireball so yeah <laughs> not the first fireball yeah. for fest wrestling though i believe zicky dice uh blew one in effie's face uh, many many moons ago
0: that's right. I think it's taken almost an entire year for Effie to grow back his body hair. Uh, after <laughs> I don't think
2: he minded off. too much. I think it was a nice, like, hey, kind of a thing. <laughs> it was per- some perfect singeing there. Some There you go.
0: There you go. Perfect singeing. Is that is that a punk band name?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Uh, also involved in this match, this scramble match for entry into the PBR Wildman Cup is trish adora making her return to fest wrestling perry and i saw her in her fest debut it was nice to see her again also aria blake making her return to fest wrestling and drennan drennan and his amazing entrance music i could listen to it all day and uh, drennan from the get-go on this night is uh wow, he is getting a lot of massive heat, nuclear heats from the crowd, uh, from the fest wrestling crowd. The freak Rhett Giddens is also in this match. The gypsy Priscilla Kelly, the shine Nova champion Priscilla Kelly, bringing her belt to the ring with her and and also humping it in the middle of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> And then everybody loves Beastly.
2: Yeah. Beastly
0: was there in all of his hirsute glory and um, swinging his chains.
2: Very nice. Uh, very interesting smattering, this scramble. A uh, couple of uh, new newcomers to Fest Wrestling. couple of folks have been around for a while. Uh, Trisha Dora... Arya blake and priscilla kelly no strangers to each other because they fought the last time they were at fest wrestling uh in a triple threat match that was interrupted by joey Ryan at bring your mom so this is almost like they can't just have a triple threat can they it has to be all these other people involved (laughs) um so that that's interesting that they're kind of thrown back into it again Uh, and, and of course beastly come on he's a he's a fest staple he's been there he's been there forever man
0: yeah, the match kind of uh, – I didn't know what to, to make of uh, the direction that it was going to go in because at a glance, you're like, okay, Rhett Giddens, the freak. They don't call him the freak for nothing. He's huge. He's built. Uh, he's, he's very intimidating. So at a glance, you think this guy is, is capable of devastating anyone and everyone in the ring. Certainly, this uh, smattering, to use your word, Um, Well, I didn't
2: uh, invent the word. I'll go ahead and say uh, that. I didn't invent the word. (laughs) uh,
0: The smattering of people, all of which are much smaller than uh, the freak. So I thought that he might have the edge. But then Priscilla Kelly is the only person who brings a belt to the ring with her. And she had just a certain swagger that said to me, I'm going to win this match. But then you also had to think, well, Beastly. Beastly is a fest favorite. You know, and he's a whirling dervish, and he's carrying around this, this chain. Mm-hmm. So could it be beastly? Um, and then you got to think Leva Bates. Again, it's her fest debut, but she's a pretty hot commodity and definitely an indie favorite. So I really didn't know what to think of who was going to win this match. Um, it was entertaining. Uh, as a match, Drennan immediately... Drew the ire of everyone else involved, and so it seemed like for the longest time, the effort was to basically uh, disassemble Drennan to to the best of their individual and collective abilities. They
2: treated him like Johnny Five from Short Circuit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, folks. Yes. Thank you.
0: Yes, exactly. I like that one
2: There's there's always a scapegoat In a scramble match I feel There's always that one person that everyone Kind of gangs up on Um,
0: Well it's Drennan It was Drennan okay (laughs) good nice Yeah Drennan ends up taking a Stone cold stunner From all the participants In this match And referee Frank
2: Gastineau off action. Nice
0: then there's a series of near pins, including Frank Gastineau. <laughs>
2: yeah. Who, who the makes
0: match. the count? Who makes the count for Frank? I, I can't remember who made <laughs> the count, but uh, yes, Frankie. Frankie had to be encouraged to go for the pen, but he did go for the pin. Um, what happens if but, Frank wins? What happens if Frank wins
2: the scramble uh, match? I'm
0: telling you, man. If I were, but like, hashtag who booked this shit hashtag. If I book this shit, Frankie Gastineau goes to the PBR.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's that's like shades of Stone Cold Steve Austin refing Kane versus the Undertaker and stunning them both and declaring himself the winner of the match.
0: Oh my god! And that was back when I hated Stone Cold Steve Austin because. (laughs) But on this night, it is in fact Leva Bates who wins the match. She comes in, she makes her debut, she sings the Golden Girls theme song uh, after wrestling the entire match in a Golden Girls uh, t-shirt. Good. uh, Strangely enough, I was hanging out at a bar around the corner before the show began, and Golden Girls was actually playing on the plasma televisions at the bar. um, Plasma TVs
2: were made for Golden Girls, I think, reruns, because you really... The, the Plasma TV, you really want that high-def B. Arthur and uh, the the other I, ones. I can't think of the other names right now. Yeah, R- Rue McClanahan, is that a person? Who's that? Rue McClanahan, isn't that one of really? them?
0: Yes! Oh, you're, man. You're Rue McClanahan. Hey, Rue McClanahan in Ultra 4K, that is... <laughs> that's what you want while you're eating your fried grouper sandwich. Oh... Uh... Which is what I was having. I was also I had a fried grouper sandwich uh, with house made dill, like uh, heavy on the dill tartar sauce. That's horrible. And a, a raspberry lager. Delicious lunch. Delicious lunch. Uh, delicious lunch that I had that I shared with Crystal of Fest Wrestling Family Fame. She's
2: nice. I like Crystal.
0: Crystal, thanks for sharing lunch with me at Lucy's. Um, But back to the matches, back to the matches here at the one-year anniversary bash of Vest. So
2: Leva Bates goes over, though, and she's going to be in uh, the PBR Cup, and she's going to have a, uh, a continue in case uh, she, things go wrong for her. That's interesting. I can
0: I can only hope that she carries out, like, some plush green and white mushroom head with a one-up on it so that when she gets thrown out, she can go pick that up and like hand it to
2: Frank. I hope when she slides back into the ring, you hear the one-up sound play on the PA. (laughs) They better fucking do that, yeah, for sure. Oh,
0: yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Next on the card this night uh, in Gainesville, though, on the 3rd of September, 2017, we had the Boilermakers, the long-awaited debut of the tag team, the Boilermakers, Two other favorites of fest wrestling. That's right, Teddy Stigma. Friend of the show. The world's worst role model and friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, Tagging with Eric Cannon. And these two will take on Awaken. Uh, Vandal and Wolf Taylor. The dooflunkies of that nasty Leon (laughs) Scott.
2: Dooflunkies?
0: Vandal and Wolf Taylor taking on the Boilermakers, and so this is a very interesting match, which immediately went outside. Right, It's like they really, basically, just came to the ring to get out of the ring.
2: Right. Uh, well, I mean, the entrance-wise, uh, looks like uh, Vandal is looking more awakening, wearing like a like a like a, a tattered like you know tattered clothes and. I guess the bland colors, the gray, and all that stuff, and with patches, and and uh, so it just seemed like Wolf and Vandal are getting more awakeny. Because otherwise, when Vandal was wearing his normal gear, he looks like a le- I don't want to say legit wrestler because he is legit wrestler, but you mean like <laughs> like like just just straight up ring gear, you know? Like he has like the coordinated colors, and he's got like the knee pads and the boots and like the the and he's still
0: yeah he's still, I mean he's still sporting that, but. Yeah. You're right. His entrance-wise, entrance though, yeah. a little more themed uh, with the rest of his buddies, the rest of his awakened buddies. Hashtag stay woke.
2: That's right. I, apparently, Leon Scott had a meeting with all of them and said, All right, guys, we got to all coordinate our wardrobe here. Vandal, you got to have to wear some, some shitty-looking apocalyptic clothing, man, otherwise you're out. So... I guess Dan Housen wasn't going to wear it. They said, then we don't need you around Dan Housen. He
0: <laughs> Dan Housen, get thee to a nunnery. <laughs> yes. And so he did. He got, he got thou to a nunnery.
2: He got thou to a nunnery.
0: Well, this, uh, like I said, this match immediately spills to the outside and uh, spill, no pun intended. There's lots of whiskey and perhaps blue ribbon being imbibed before, during, and after this match. Nice. Uh I think all four members of this bout uh, took a header to the uh, PBR trough and the girl behind it uh, selling the ice cold uh, tall boys was like, holy shit. (laughs) uh, People kept getting thrown into it. I'm pretty sure she just didn't want the entire thing to end up on top of her. Right. So who could blame her? Anyway... Uh, all four of these guys are fighting off to the back of the eight-second saloon. Vandal and Eric Cannon get up on the bar, and it's like, okay, we got super kicks, we got uh, pedigrees or pile drivers, and punches and kicks. And uh, at one point, I know Eric Cannon reaches behind the bar, pours himself a shot, takes the shot and then quickly goes to work on Vandal again. Uh, meanwhile, we got Wolf Taylor and Teddy Stigma tearing each other apart back in the little, like, corral area. And then at one point, uh, Vandal ends up over-attacking Stigma on the far wall. Next thing you know...
2: Oh, oh okay, now this I saw. This I saw a clip of on Twitter. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. Vandal was held up by Stigma... And Vandal kind of like, like somehow grips like the second floor uh, like banister and kind of pulls himself up, and he's up on the yeah. second floor, right? Yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah, that was a huge spot, enormous pop out of the crowd. Almost all of the crowd had shifted and walked over to that far side and were surrounding. Uh, the wrestlers over, and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my place here at ringside. Uh, but <laughs> still had a good view.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, but on. I'm not walking over there.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna lose this sweet spot I've been standing in for hours. Yeah, uh, but I still had a great, uh, uh an eye line of seeing a uh, vandal go flying through the air with the greatest of ease, and um. Yeah, because he dives off. Yeah. Yeah, man. He dives off, and I was like, whoa! I mean, so again...
2: Take that, Team Lucha! He's not (laughs) the only ones that can do that. Vandal, he's got the gumption. Vandal is, man, Vandal has really just impressed the hell out of me the last couple fest shows. I like that Vandal, he's (laughs) alright.
0: A very, very, very capable and talented individual in the ring. He is definitely... A key part of the success of Awaken. However, it was not meant to be on this night as the Boilermakers go over. The Boilermakers are victorious, and uh, they are celebrated by the Fest Wrestling faithful, the Fest family, very happy to see uh, Teddy and Eric drink their respective drinks, and uh Cheers to one another's health and uh, future victories and fast wrestling.
2: When you're a friend of the show, you're you're a shoo-in to win. You know, it's just, we uh, we we pay the referee off and say you know fast counts whenever possible and uh, all that stuff. So it pays to be a friend of the show, folks. It pays to be a friend of the show.
0: It does pay to be a friend of the whole ref and
1: show.
0: <laughs> Next up, we have a tag team mayhem match. It is a triple threat tag team match, and it is mayhem. It is exactly that. First, we have the Gymnasty Boys. That's right. Not the Gymnastic Boys, and not the Nasty Boys. It is the Gymnasty Boys.
2: You know what's horrible? It is. I, I just caught that that's what all of that is. Like, I didn't oh, even... No. I just thought, okay, Gymnasty Boys, that's what their name is. And, like, I never really, like, analyzed it. It's kind of like <laughs> recently I was thinking, like, Castlevania. Oh, it's like Transylvania, but it's in a – cat. Oh, okay, that makes sense. There's just things you hear and you think, <laughs> okay, that word means that, but you don't actually break it up and say, oh, it means that because of this. So there you go.
0: Well, you know what I always say? What? Hashtag words mean things.
2: Yes. Words do mean things.
0: Hey, uh, our dear listeners may recall that in our last episode, in which we were sort of explaining to them how the the our paths were taking us in some interesting directions. Yours was taking you back to California. Mine was taking me back to the classroom, as I had begun teaching um, high school uh, history at a private college preparatory academy. Uh, I will say I was proud that I have already managed to instill in some of my students the idea of hashtag words mean things. When I was sitting at my desk today and my AP World History students were walking around and uh, basically playing grab ass, not, of course, the golden boy of grab ass, Effie.
2: Um, but They weren't playing they, Effie in school? What do you mean? They were basically
0: just moving around. <laughs> And uh, one of them was asking the other one a question. And then he asked him to clarify. And I heard one of them say, hey, words mean things. And there you
2: go. There and you I go.
0: said, I know I can hear in his tone he's being completely sarcastic, but uh, it's still, even if, they're, even if they're making fun of Mr. Beasley, that's okay because it shows my words are sinking in. And hey – Hashtag words mean things.
2: Those words that sink in mean things. So that that, that is good. But now you got to teach your kids about the Gymnasty Boys, about White Mike, and about Timmy Lou Retton. Yeah?
0: Oh, absolutely. And maybe Castlevania later. Yes. But right now, White Mike and Timmy Lou Retton take on three equally charming heterosexuals. <laughs> That's right. Trevor Reed and Mike Monroe led to the ring by shit-talking Jim Sherbert are the first of two teams that the Gymnasty Boys will be facing. The other, also a trio, but this is Rob Killjoy and Lance Lude, the ugly ducklings, quack, 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 led to the ring by their manager, Coach Mikey, their manager and coach. He is a coach manager. He is a And player. they're Mikey. And he is a
2: Mikey. He is their Mikey.
0: He is. And he is their, or I mean, they are his, they are his ugly ducklings. Yes. He's, so this match is mayhem. It was billed as tag team mayhem and it was delivered. They delivered the mayhem with, uh, without a doubt. I <laughs> marveled at the vulgarity of white Mike. Um, wow. I mean, he can wrestle, but he can also swear. And, uh, <laughs> his swearing skills are, are rather impressive. And, uh, so for every, for every amazing aerial maneuver, Timmy Lou pulled off, white Mike said something incredibly offensive. And, uh, it, it probably also involved uh, whipped cream. Uh, just saying.
2: Yeah, there were. I saw they were wielding cans of whipped cream, much like the NWO would wield cans of spray paint. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, and that actually comes into play later on in the review. Um, but yeah, they uh, those are three uh, decent tag teams. I'm sure the match was uh, all kinds of good. Right now, now the Gymnasty Boys and Ducklings they've got some they've got some heat they've got some real heat going on because the last show uh, they Jim Massey Boys actually cost the Ducklings the match yeah
0: they did and that actually spilled over into the after party it did as I thought that Lucy's downtown Gainesville, Florida was going to be uh, a wash in, uh, in, in feathers maybe as the ugly Ducklings were uh just about to go at it with the Gymnasty Boys in the after party last month. Well, they got to settle it in the ring, or they tried to settle it in the ring, but Tech wasn't having it. Tech actually ends up winning this match. Yeah. While, yeah, while everybody was focused on whether it would be the Gymnasty Boys or the Ducks, Tech absolutely come in and steal the match away and steal the thunder. And, uh, and good for Tech. Uh, we have we have seen these guys come up on the short end of the, of the stick for almost a year now. And so it was good to see them uh, get a win. Gotta love their entrance music.
2: <laughs> oh, Relaxed by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, it's,
0: exactly. That is some good now, stuff. I really dig that team. As I've said, for almost a year now, they look like three versions of the same person. And that is hilarious to me. <laughs>
2: and, uh,
0: I just love how earnest they are. Like they're 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 kind of funny, but it's like they're, they're, there's a certain uh, like earnestness to them as a team, especially when you put them a, alongside these very silly teams, and then uh, so, so you get to see them sort of get very frustrated at the antics of the the of the sillier opponents.
2: It is interesting because tech. Even though you you can tell they don't take themselves that seriously, they tend to tag up with these other very gimmicky tag teams uh, like right. the Ducklings, like uh, Gymnasty Boys, and it's just like, would you guys just be serious and wrestle? Like it's almost <laughs> like it's almost like Tech is the straight man in a comedy, and they're yes. like, uh, we're here to do business. What are you doing, fooling around? Um, so that that's very interesting. And the thing is, Tech shouldn't give a shit, but they give a shit. Which is kind of a contradiction as well. Um, yeah. That's very, very interesting. I saw some cool videos from the match, though. I mean, the match looked like it was a, it was a barn burner. I saw a white mic pull off that, like, what is that? The aeroplane DDT slam? What the fuck is that? Oh, dude. <laughs> he
0: did it twice, and it is intense. He is flying. He is spinning at a very high velocity then he flips himself and into a DDT. Um, wow, I was very impressed with that. That was that was scary. Yeah, the ducklings, as usual, as you might expect from ducks, they were flying around. A total air assault here on this night.
2: Yeah, I so saw Killjoy grab the the whipped cream and sprayed Lance Lude's back. Uh, Lude actually pulled his pants down a little bit to get more whipped cream on him. And, then, and by then, a
0: little bit, of course you mean a lot. I mean a lot
2: bit, yeah. Um, and then uh, Killjoy monkey-flipped lewd uh, into uh, someone awaiting the corner. I, couldn't, I don't remember who it was, but someone got it. Probably a Gymnasty Boy, I imagine. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Good stuff, good uh, stuff. Uh, very good stuff, very good
2: stuff. And the uh, whipped cream came into play later on, yeah, NWO style.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Timmy Lou Retton ends up... With the uh, the whipped cream, and uh, he he wields it like a spray paint can. And he writes GNB for Gymnasty Boys in whipped cream on the back of the ugly ducklings, and <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs>
2: Good stuff. Uh, hopefully tech the uh, feud. Tech
0: walks away with the victory, as we said. So good on
2: Tech. Yeah, Tech uh, slides right out with the win there, while the gymnasty boys and the ducklings. I'm sure that's going to keep going and going and going. I hope it goes forever. #Hashtag Feud Forever because uh, these two teams are, are great and Tech. Uh, nice little uh, little ingredient to throw into the mixture as well.
0: For sure. Um, why not some more triple threat matches? Yeah,
2: of course. You get you got the <laughs> talent, use yes. them.
0: Uh, triple Threat Singles Match. We have Saiv Al Sabah taking on Darby Allen and Lucha Cruz. This is a wow! Here's a uh, a display of styles. This is a, a lot of different stuff going on here. Saeed Al Sabah working this crowd with furious, furious heat. Um, absolutely angry. Like, don't cheer me. I mean, he is getting at people's faces. He is shoving people. He is screaming at people. I, I think it would hurt my face to make a scowl that intense, but he doesn't. <laughs> and... Um, All right. There is... A, there. Yeah, there's a very, very... It's very hateful. A lot of hate coming out of Al Sabah. And uh, so, uh, and and he fights that way too. He hates his opponents. He hates everybody, fueled by hate. That is Saib Al Sabah, Darby Allen, mysterious as always, coming out and uh, there's something it reminds me of, like uh, uh, Johnny from the Karate Kid, uh, especially <laughs> especially when he has, that, when
2: he has like the. The the gaunt skeleton makeup yes. on. Okay, there you go.
0: I guess all skeletons would be gaunt, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> there, there are some there are some more jovial. Uh, there are some thicker skeletons, yeah. But so that's
0: true. Yeah. That's true. But Darby, you know, he's got the he's got the blonde hair. He's got the the chiseled tan physique. But then also he's a skeleton. So <laughs> there's something very very Johnny. Uh, about him and, uh, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, Lucha Cruz, I, 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 don't know if he was late. I don't know what the deal was, but like, I know he just sort of showed up while Tony Weinbender was opening the show with, uh, I guess the opening monologue, so to speak, like it's, it's Saturday night live or something. Uh, <laughs> Cruz just sort of appears like he just walked in the front door and he's got his bag with him and his glasses on. Well, even when he comes out for this match, he's wearing a fest wrestling t-shirt and like genie pants, like with pineapples on them and tennis shoes. Like what happened to your gear? What happened to your gear? Cruz. Um, there's also a kid in the crowd who was dressed as CM Punk and uh, (laughs) complete with a drawn on beard. And um, Cruz went and got the kid and they, (laughs) after Cruz has made his entrance, Oh wait, you know what he made his entrance to, don't you? Uh,
1: Ah
2: yes, a theme we did not hear last time because he came out to the uh, Ugly Ducklings theme, uh, right. and uh, and very quickly I do want to apologize, to Jonathan Cruz, for uh, confusing you with Lance Leud. Actually, no, it wasn't me. It was Darren that did that. Uh, that was uh, that was uh, Leudgate, uh, <laughs> and it lasted. <laughs> it lasted for all of a day on Twitter, but uh, yeah. When well, you're all when you're all dressed day. alike,
0: that was a long day. Hashtag yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: music. yeah, yeah. For the record, uh, uh, fest wrestlers, uh, cut us a break. We got to drive to Gainesville. We have to watch the show one time, and then we have to record the next day before we forget everything. Um, so we we might we might say the wrong wrestler is doing the wrong move or whatever, and you're gonna have to live your lives, man. <laughs> you That's guys are all great. To say that-
0: You know, to say that before we forget everything, that's not to say that anything about fest wrestling is forgettable.
2: Yeah, of course not.
0: But, uh, you know, I've killed a few brain cells over the years, and uh, my uh, short-term memory, she ain't what she used to be.
2: Right, that old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Uh, But yeah, so so occasionally we'll get something wrong but we want to try to cover the show to the best of our ability here on our show because we love Fest we have a tremendous respect for Fest Wrestling and for the Fest Wrestling crew um, so I uh, just wanted to mention that real quick before i forget on the topic of old Lucha Cruz aka Jonathan Cruz so who will not be uh Lucha Cruz for long at Fest Wrestling uh, there were that he might be bringing his Ultra ego Serpentico To uh, the next special show. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens.
0: We will see what happens. But tell me about this
2: match, Darren. Tell me about this match.
0: Well, uh, first, I'm going to tell you after he comes out to his amazing entrance music, he takes the kid back through the entranceway, the CM Punk kid, and then the two of them re enter to Cult of Personality. (laughs) (laughs) And they do the entire CM Punk entrance with. Like checking the sand, like in uh, Gladiator.
1: Oh my checking
0: God! Squatch, then like the thing, the ever-loving blue-eyed thing, saying it's clobbering time, and so that was that was pretty funny. That's nice. So, uh, credit to Cruz. He's a good sport, and um, and he's a hell of a hand in the ring. He kicks ass and gets his ass kicked. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Um, this match is, you know, it's got some high flying because of Darby and because of Cruz, but this match was brutish. It was absolutely brutish.
2: Brutish the Barber Beefcake?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, the crowd here at the Omni love that one.
2: They're going crazy here at the Palladium, too. Thank you, folks. Thank you once again.
0: And, uh, Ultimately, Darby wins this match. Darby wins this match. We didn't get to see a coffin drop from the ceiling
1: Boo. like I was hoping
0: for, but uh, we do get to see uh, a hell of a fight. And uh, I was impressed as hell with Saïd Al Sabah. That is a heel. Well, it's hard to be a heel at Fest Wrestling unless you're Leon Scott, because everybody. At Fest loves everybody simply because they appreciate a good show. Except for Drennan,
2: <laughs> except for Drennan too.
0: Well, that's true. That's true. But uh,
2: you have to try very hard, though. Basically, you have to tell people not to cheer for you. Uh, as yeah. you said, that's what that's what he was doing. So,
0: so congratulations to Al Sabah. He actually takes Darby Allen's body bag. Darby Allen brought a body bag to the ring with him. And uh, Al-Sabah puts Lucha Cruz... Which is in another the body.
2: throw to Karate Kid when the guy shouts out, get out the body bag. Uh, yes. So, yeah. All right. Now, now there's some validity to these claims that he is, in fact, Johnny from the Karate Kid.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, eventually Lucha Cruz... Uh, is put into the body bag Nice and, uh, So yeah It's uh, it's interesting Interesting end to this match But uh, Darby Allin goes over So good on Darby Allin Next up we have a match A tag team match The Hooligans Making their Fest Wrestling debut Taking on Fest Mainstays Pop Culture also known as Jason Cade and Veda Scott, and the Hooligans. Uh, that's a, the name. The name is apropos. I will say that the uh, the Hooligans. That's what they look like. Actually, they they look like they look like two Captain Cavemen. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say that they look like Captain Caveman.
2: You could say and that. And son, yeah. Ugh. Anytime they added the son, it was always garbage. Anyway. Yeah,
0: or it's like James Bond, James Bond Jr. Uh, that's the worst.
2: That's that's a little different. Uh. <laughs> James Bond and son. Yeah, there you go. He probably had. Let's 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 talk about that. James Bond probably had a lot of illegitimate children, right? He probably had a lot of kids. Right?
0: John Snow. I think Jon Snow is one of them.
2: Yeah, I think Jon Snow might be a, a Bond John Bond.
0: Anyway.
2: <laughs> John
0: Bond. I think he I think he was a quarterback. Um okay. So the Hooligans. I couldn't really tell what was going on with the Hooligans. I didn't know if they were like if they were hillbillies or if they were punkers. Cause they were like, you know, they had the whole hillbilly. From, like, the neck up. You know, overalls, big.
2: right? Like, overalls and bare feet? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, like, mega, mega hair and giant beards. But then their overalls were covered in, like, Operation Ivy patches. And I was like, um... <laughs> they, they, listen, they listen to a lot of Operation Ivy up in Appalachia.
2: Is there such a so, thing as, like, punk hippie? Because maybe that's what they are. They're punk hippies I mean you know they're they're they, they, they just let let's return to the earth man and listen to some some misfits man and just like, and plant plant a garden dig it like maybe a punk
0: farm collective yeah but like but I don't like maybe like you know some some farm to table vegan punks something e- like that yeah. maybe okay but no there there's definitely a hillbilly vibe that's happening here because the the first of all the no shoes thing, that automatically throws throws it into that arena of like like mountain people, hillbilly redneck whatever you want to call it, but uh, yeah it, it, they were they were both very short and they looked they looked almost identical except one had dark hair and one had blonde hair and uh, that's why I was like Captain Caveman and son and uh, and then also with their manager who just so there was three three people who looked exactly the same so captain caveman and son and father
2: <laughs> and their manager
0: <laughs> you know what actually happened is instead of having a um, uh, a band, Play at the intermission for this show They had the first annual Festi Awards And um, so when the Festies end after Tony and Jake Crown Have handed all the awards out Pop Culture Comes to the ring and heals it up Pop Culture who has Not exactly been the biggest Heels in Fest Decided since they didn't win Tag Team Of the Year by God they were gonna heal it up. They were pissed.
2: I, th- I think the thing about pop culture uh, with Jason K and Aveda Scott is, I, I-, I use this 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 term uh, lightly here, but it kind of fits them. They're kind of brats, you know.
1: Yeah,
2: Be- I can dig that. Be- between like you know being pissed off if they didn't get like tag team of the year, um, kind of like getting that sneaky win on the Ducklings after the Gymnastic Boys interfered at the last show. Know what I mean? And going kind oh, of yeah, like, well, absolutely. hey, hey, we we, we we took the win because we saw it. We took it, you know. Um, them being kind of mad that they're passed over and everything. It's a very bratty thing to do. Um, but yes. I mean, they're they're good at it. So I mean, it's it's. I wouldn't even say that their faces, because I I do think they're kind of leaning more toward the heel side these days. But uh, whatever. Good wrestlers,
0: I mean, though. <laughs> when you say brats, of course you mean B R A T Z.
2: I do. Yes, I mean the brats dolls that I know nothing <laughs> about. <laughs> I mean yeah, this yeah. thing I know nothing about. Yes.
0: Uh, yeah, pop culture makes their way to the ring, and they're going to have a sit-in. They're going to peacefully protest until the the best tag team of the year decision is overturned and given to pop culture but the hooligans decide they're also going to pull up some chairs and so the four of them sit uh in a diamond shape in the ring and then they start passing punches to the right of them and so punches make their way around a couple times from veda to one of the hooligans to Cade to the other hooligan back to veda and uh Next thing you know, oh, it's just a rough-and-tumble match, and they both go at it. And again, spilling to the outside, they're never afraid to do that at Fest Wrestling, and they're not afraid to do it on this night and not afraid to do it in this match. At one point, all of the hooligans are gathered to the outside, and Jason Cade extends his hand so that Veda can go up to the top rope and then walk the ropes, Undertaker-style, and then splash down uh, off that top rope to the outside, sending the hooligans sprawling all over the floor. Pop Culture ends up winning this match, you know, trying to further prove to us that they are the tag team to be reckoned with in Fest Wrestling.
2: There's always next year. There's always next year, Pop Culture.
0: Uh, there is. there to, is. To
2: be named Tag Team of the Year is what I'm saying.
0: Right, right, of course. Of course. Well, next, we are at the penultimate match of the evening, and the biggest belt defended on this night, the Defy Wrestling Championship, Defy Wrestling out of the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Seattle, Tacoma, that whole area, that's the stomping grounds for Defy Wrestling. Their champion, the King of Swerve, Shane Strickland, who comes to the ring wearing his Defy Championship belt that he is putting on the line. He is defending it on this night here at the first anniversary bash of Fest Wrestling. But he also has his Wrestle Circus Championship and his CZW World Championship with him. Save
2: some for the rest of the wrestlers, Shane. Jesus Christ.
0: The good – it's a good thing Sue Young was in Spain or Shane Strickland might have tried to take her belt with him.
2: (laughs) Sue Young, speaking of belts, did defend successfully her Fest Wrestling Championship while in Spain. So that's very cool. Fest Wrestling Championship was uh, defended uh, internationally. That's pretty awesome. It is now officially an internationally recognized title.
0: Yes. Thank you. I was going to say, and if we we follow the uh, logic of the old National Wrestling Alliance – that belt is now a world championship.
2: It is now the world championship belt.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. I just, I just
2: I, wanted to say what you said, Darren.
0: And you did. Yay. Congratulations. But, no, as far as I'm concerned, Sue Young is now the best world champion. Yeah. And that's pretty badass.
2: That's pretty great. But, uh,
0: anyway, so Shane Strickland is, is, is three... Three world champions, uh, or he's world champion three times over, if you will, but defending only the Defy belt on this night against the Governor Martin Stone, who earned his shot by defeating Mr. 450, AKA the Mecha Wolf, at the Last Fest show. Christmas in
2: July, yes, indeed.
0: Yes, 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 sir. Now finding his way into this match, turning it into a triple threat match, is the son of Havoc himself, Matt Cross.
2: Matt Cross, who we did not see at Christmas in July, but we saw him take on Leo Rush in one of Leo Rush's last independent shows, uh, which was uh, Bring Your Mom.
0: Absolutely. Every Fest Wrestling show is chock full of Big time talent and Leo Rush made best wrestling a priority among his final few stops before signing with WWE. But on this night, three of the hottest talents on the indie circuit hashtag defend indie wrestling, hashtag support indie wrestling, the Defy Wrestle Circus and CZW World Champion Shane Strickland. Martin Stone, and Matt Cross. They're going at it triple threat style. Martin Stone throwing punches, throwing caution to the wind, the thuds that he makes when he chops Ric Flair style, man. He is chopping meat out there.
2: That's a tough dude, man.
0: Absolutely. Matt Cross, again, the, uh, the, the gymnastic and athletic ability. Of Matt Cross is is just incomparable, and Shane Strickland, king of swerve, this dude is smoother than ever. He is
2: smooth as silk. He is as smooth. Silk, he is as fine bed. as strawberry wine. Yes, <laughs> yes. You, 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 you yeah. can use that, Shane. You can use that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a good match. It's a good match, as you might expect. It's an excellent match. So it sounds it's like consistent. it could be a
2: great match. Goddamn.
0: Uh, of course it was. Uh, Shane Strickland leaping over the top rope to land on both of his opponents. Matt Cross doing that amazing fly at the rope and then bounce off because the rope hits you on the back of your neck. Yeah, the, the shoulder you
2: bouncer, yeah.
0: Yeah, that weird, I don't even know. I, I'm sure it has a name. I need to learn what the hell the name of that move is because it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, he did that into like a double cutter, uh, like a double diamond cutter type thing. There, uh, just just the aerial maneuvers alone are enough to write home about. And then, like I said, you got Martin Stone out there, just with uh, a guess British strong style. Honestly, just a lot of tough, hard punches, really laying it in. Um, <laughs> There are some, some funny spots where basically I think everybody at one point hits, uh, hits, uh, hits their opponent with a balloon making them pop, and, um, which of course would not hurt at all, but <laughs> it would an excellent sound, and it's funny to watch them se- uh, sell a, a balloon popping.
2: Hey, man.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: But yeah, it is remarkable And uh, it's very, very cool And very exciting that the Defy Championship was on the line It was up for grabs The uh, Partnership that Fest and Defy Are celebrating And that's a partnership that will only be Strengthened after this night And only be re-strengthened Come October In time for the Fest 16 And Fest Wrestling as we are family As there are a number Of of promotions that are co-promoting on that day with Fest and Defy uh, organizations like uh, Pro Wrestling Revolver, uh, among others, and we'll talk more about that as we get closer to that show. But uh, that is very exciting as we see the independent scene, which is some people are calling the new territory system, um, are actually working together in many respects instead of competing with one another. Which I fully support, right? I mean, it, uh, it
2: it kind of is that. And how cool is it that the Defy Championship is being defended? You know, at Fest Wrestling, Priscilla Kelly yeah. shows up with the the Shine Nova Championship. I mean, it's great.
0: It is great. It's it's a lot of fun to see. It, it just adds to the legitimacy of the whole thing. Uh, adds to the legitimacy uh, of, of sports entertainment or pro wrestling, if you will, or whatever you want to call it. But Shane Strickland not to lose his belt on this night. He retains. There is a very nice show of respect from Martin Stone, thanking both Strickland and Cross for a hell of a match, and that's exactly what it was. And uh, all the fans are very quick to applaud the three of them all raising their arms in the air together. So good on them for putting on a hell of a match.
2: Hey, they all won. They're all winners, Darren. (laughs) <laughs> except except Shane Strickland want a little a little more,
0: but yeah, they're all winners. You want a little bit more, you yeah. know. We're all equals, but some of us are more equal than others, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, there's a little just a little bit of Animal Farm there for you, just a little bit of Animal Farm. Yes. All right. Now it is time for your Fest Wrestling main event, a year in the making. A Blood feud, a vendetta. Oh, man. Effie, the feminist icon versus Leon Scott, the only true social justice warrior. He comes from somewhere across the plains. Leon Scott of Awaken taking on the golden boy of Grabass in what we were told would be their final match.
2: So this, this is, win, is this is it. This is winner take all. This is exactly. They've had so many matches leading up to this. This is like Taz and Sabu, or this is like Dreamer and Raven. This it absolutely is. that. Yeah, yeah. It's not. They're not doubling
0: down. They're like sextupling down. <laughs> yes. I mean that. The, this this match. Uh, And it lives up to everything it could be We were told in the days Leading up to this show That it would be a dog collar match We find out on this night That it's not only a dog collar match But Tony Weinbender says We're upping the stakes Because we're not a pussy wrestling organization Yes And not only is it a dog collar match It is an I quit
2: match Nice Double stipulation
0: Yeah, the only way to win this match is to force your opponent to say, I quit, into a microphone uh, that the referee keeps handy. And so these two, oh, wow, oh, you know, Leon Scott comes out and he's got the, he's got Sackhead with the, uh, the (coughs) end is near or the end is here sign with him. He's got Wolf Taylor and Vandal. And then out comes everybody's favorite daddy, the golden boy of grab ass Effie, and uh, he, you know, he kind of skipped to the loo, my darlings, his way out of the entrance way, makes his way around. Uh, he has a little sign language for one in for one fan in particular, and uh, so that was very fun. Uh, the one guy with his awaken vest, who is drawing uh, a, a great deal of heat from the rest of the crowd, and certainly from Effie himself. And uh, so Effie now gets in the ring, stares down Leon Scott, and vice versa. These guys are about to be connected at the throat with heavy-duty leather dog collars, which are connected by a steel chain.
2: Something tells me that Effie's no stranger to heavy-duty dog collars connected by a steel chain. I'm just saying
0: Well, you know, I, I, uh, I'm i with you there Yeah And I, I actually uh, had texted Effie earlier in the week and said Tonight I'm playing Iggy Pop and the Stooges I want to be your dog Just for you, Effie <laughs> And uh, so uh, when I remember this match That is exactly the song that I will think of And uh, Effie and Leon tore one another asunder this was a gnarly, gnarly match. I think I called a match earlier brutish. Well, that's what this is as well. Gnarly, brutish, exhaustive, exhausting. Um, they, they absolutely tore one another apart. They, I'm surprised they didn't break one another's
2: neck as often as they yanked
0: one another by the chain. Jesus, that's got to be
2: difficult wrestling and and putting on an entire program when you're also a, attached with a chain that can get like the middle of it can get wrapped around anything and it can just ruin spots and and I mean that that's that's hats off both of them for completing the match and it you know it, it going off as well as it did um, but I mean it's they they had to kind of put it all out there because this was the this was the culmination this is the end of the road this is. Literally, like we said, winner take all. There can be only one. and One's got to cut the other one's head off with a sword and take his power. And- <laughs> Highlander, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, Effie is... You know, he is forever. And, uh, <laughs> But you're right about the, the chain getting tangled and stuff. Like, uh, at one point, Leon uh, almost fell several times. Uh unable to untangle himself from the chain um at one point he actually gets wrapped up in the chain like completely tied up by effie and then of course there are all the various points in the match where one of them threw the other one over the top rope only to leave them dangling or hanging or the person being flung over all of a sudden yanks the other one to the ground it's so dangerous thanks to gravity it's so dangerous incredibly incredibly dangerous
2: yeah and um even the guys from uh, super nerd wrestling they got uh, they got involved they were, they got involved in the last Effie Leon Scott match the bring uh, the fans bring the party match while the weapons uh, where Leon Scott actually like picked up one of them and threw him at Effie and he he basically just forearms the other one it uh, looks like this time uh, they got a little bit of uh, a little bit of payback and revenge and I think uh, I think one of them actually shoved Leon Scott so that that, that was pretty cool to watch that like, like like that whole feud. yeah, that's pretty interesting. It was
0: uh Leon gets right in in the face of one of the guys and says, Oh, my old friend, look who it is I <laughs> absolutely just clobbers Leon Scott with a big uh, like forearm uh, and I was like, Wow, good for you guys' You gotta defend themselves, man. They had to get their Lee heat
2: back, Darren. Back. They have to get their heat back. Because and now, now Awaken will battle them for the next year.
0: <laughs> yeah, super nerds gotta get all their shit in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Uh, we got two minutes. All right, time to get all my shit in. Uh, <laughs> at one point near the very end of the match, the crowd rushes the ring, myself included. And everybody's leaning under the bottom rope and pounding on the canvas, cheering Effie on. At that point, Effie does actually manage to get Leon into a submission hold. And when Frankie Gastineau holds that microphone out, Leon Scott said, I quit.
2: Wow. Yep.
0: After a year of having the upper hand on Effie, Leon Scott brutalized in this match, is in such a predicament of pain with Effie having him all hemmed up in various ways uh, with the hold as well as that chain, Leon has no choice but to quit, to give up and, and resign this match. And that means the winner is indubitably, undisputedly Effie.
2: Right, not just the winner of the battle, but the winner of the war—the ultimate, the ultimate, right. The ultimate uh, victory, right there. And that's that's very really cool because I mean, this whole this whole feud uh, is uh, has been brutal and has been beautiful, uh, very well made feud. Like like just a great, some really great storytelling. Um, it's been it's been brutal. It's been brutal. Um, and I know that like Awaken, they try to come out to help Leon Scott, but oh no, Teddy Stigma and Beastly emerge from the back and they, they, they take him out. Um, and, and that's great too, because you know, you, you, can't forget the rest of Awaken. You can't forget those that have helped Effie along the way, the, the Beastly's, the, the Stigma's, oh, yeah. the Eric Cannons. And it, it's it just, it was really, really well, it's, it's a story that was very well told. And I'm glad they really took their time with it. And it's it's very worthy of being the main event, especially with Sue Young, uh, you know, overseas for this show. And uh, hats off to Leon Scott and to Effie and to Tony Weinbinder for pulling off such a great feud. Really wonderful.
0: Absolutely stellar feud. I cannot say enough good things about it. You said earlier Raven and Dreamer, Taz and Sabu. I could not agree more. There is that special uh, bond that that now exists between these hated enemies where they're now sort of inexorably linked no matter how different they are, how much they hate each other. They're side by side in people's memories uh, as a feud.
2: It'd be weird watching him wrestle other people at this point. I'd say
0: exactly, <laughs> no, exactly,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, but I look forward to it. I look forward to watching both of these guys uh, wrestle others. Hopefully, Effie gets a title shot soon. I want Effie to go after Sue's belt.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Both friends of the show, Darren. You, you watch. I was it. about to say the the battle
0: for friend of the show.
2: <laughs> Winner gets a whole reference Show t-shirt. Really? We, only, we only have so many. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Top Dot Show. Sounds like a, a typical fest show, which is to say atypical, uh, because those shows are always fucking awesome. Yeah, there you go. And that did it. That wrapped
0: up the show that night in Gainesville. It wrapped up the one-year anniversary bash. It was great to hear Effie on the microphone, thanking all of the fans, thanking Tony, thanking the locker room, basically doing a lot of the stuff that he hates. <laughs> but you could tell that it really, really did come from the heart. There was uh, an incredible amount of sincerity. I think even Effie knew this was the time, this was the place to give those thank yous out. And that's just what he did. And he was met with many, many, many your welcomes and thank yous from that Fest crowd, that Fest family uh, that is there month in or every other month in and every other month out. And Fest uh, loves Effie, man. Fest loves Effie. And the whole and show loves Effie. And I think Effie loves the whole and show.
2: He He likes us at least. Come on.
0: He likes. Whoa, 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 Like? (laughs) No. We love Effie. He better
2: love us back. We do love Effie. We do love all of Fest Wrestling. Maybe Effie a little more. Um, (laughs) But no, uh, Fest Wrestling's great. Uh, We definitely look forward to the next show, yes?
0: For sure, for sure. The next show... Who will Effie fight now? I don't know, The next show will be in October. As we mentioned earlier, the 27th, 28th, and 29th in Gainesville is The Fest 16. The biggest, baddest, raddest punk rock festival and music festival in the world Mm -hmm. descends on... North Central Florida, Gainesville, Florida, the home of the University of Florida, the home of the Fest, the home of Fest Wrestling. It's going to be three days of punk rock and pro wrestling. That Sunday, October 29th, is the mega show, the super show, the stacked, stacked, stacked card, We Are Family, where Fest Wrestling will be joined by lots of other sister organizations, friend organizations, everyone coming together to spotlight different talent, different championships, and perhaps slightly different styles, but all in the fest wrestling ring and all for the fest family, which include a lot of the dear listeners of the whole Ref and show. We have a very nice symbiosis here with F.E.S.T. and The Whole Refn Show, and I believe there's a lot of blend of uh, the fans. A lot of our listeners are F.E.S.T. family, and a lot of F.E.S.T. family are listeners of The Whole Refn Show.
2: And as a treat for all of them, we brought back uh, one of our favorite guests on the show who has, as we just learned, uh, finally vanquished Leon Scott and Awaken, uh, Effie. So we're going to talk to Effie a little bit about uh, Fest Wrestling, the Fest Wrestling experience, and uh, what's going to happen in the future. So Hell yeah, let's
0: welcome Effie back to the Whole and Show. All right, dear listeners, you've been with us since the beginning. You've been here with us for 50 episodes of The Whole and Show. We've talked to each other a lot, but we've also talked to a lot of your favorite wrestlers from all levels of the industry, and we've introduced people to you, we've introduced people to ourselves, and we've introduced wrestlers to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole and Show, and I will tell you one of the best, raddest, coolest, nastiest and baddest ass mothers we've met along this journey and that is the golden boy of grab ass effie and we want to welcome him back to the whole reference show what's up effie
1: boys bringing me back talking again i love it how you been
2: doing all right
1: You've Been great absolutely great
0: glad to have you back with us it's been a hell of a year It's been almost a year since we
1: first talked to you. Can you believe that? It's been a hell of a week. It's been a hell of a year. It's been a hell of a life. I'm sore today, boys. I mean, I'm only a few days out from what I just had, which was a dog collar match. A lot of people were telling me before the match, they said, you know, they haven't done those really since the 80s because nobody's dumb enough to sign up for them. (laughs) But when you hate a man with all of your heart, you've got to go through some things that you might regret in the future. And I said, you know what? Me and Leon Scott, we've been going at it. You know, strap me up with that dog collar. Let's see how deep this hate really runs.
2: Absolutely. And that that's a good way to keep Leon Scott uh, close to you so he can't wander off and grab some illegal objects or go get his buddies awakened from the back. Or uh, Yeah, that way you guys can actually finish this fight. And this fight, this dance has been going on it, it, basically ever this since... This fest show. Oh, yeah. Ever, ever since the beginning of fest, this little... Uh, this feud has been going on. It burns with a fiery passion. Uh, Darren and I actually compared it to uh, Dreamer and uh, Raven from ECW. Uh, so you guys are the Dreamer and Raven, Raven for uh, Fest Wrestling.
1: It's, it's it's an honor to be called you know something along those lines. You know, Leon, we're not thinking about how this compares to other feuds. All well, we're thinking about in that ring is killing each other, unfortunately. And about the only thing we can agree on like with that man in the ring. And you start to realize... Yeah, you're both on the same page for once in your life, and it's because you want to kill the other person. And it might make for good TV, but my body doesn't like me for it. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, I mean, you guys definitely have definitely been through hell together. Um, and you guys, I've, I've seen a lot of blood drawn and a lot of, uh, I'll say, unusual offense used against one another uh, through all the fest shows that we've attended. Um, what do you think was your most brutal encounter with uh, Leon Scott? Do you think this was it—the dog collar match?
1: Uh, I have to say, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going to look at that last match we had, and you know, we used a lot of goofy weapons in there, as far as like fist dildos and weird sex toys and stuff. But you know, and Darren, you were there, so you can kind of back me up on this. Having that dog collar around your neck while that chain's pulling on you. You know it's hard enough to wrestle as it is, but I can't. You can't breathe with a dog collar around your neck. And I don't know if you could tell, but you know we were both dying in there. Um, oh no! There's no I, there's no give to a dog collar. No, there's no give to a dog collar, and you got a steel
0: chain that's connecting these collars to you. I mean, that collar is running from your collar bone right up under your jaw. I mean, if you're standing still, it's just about choking you. Then yeah. add to the fact that you're in a fight and you're using the chain on one another. I mean, you guys were both purple within
1: the first seconds of the match. Well, and he cold clocked me, you know, within about 10 seconds before they even got the dog collar attached to my neck. Um, So I was pretty blindsided by everything for the first few minutes of that match. But I'll tell you what, when he wrapped that chain around my teeth, in my mouth, I think I chipped a tooth because he really was pulling on that chain in my mouth. I couldn't breathe for anything, but it w- it ended up being an I quit match, and I I, I wasn't going to quit. And you know he's put me down enough. He's put me in the dang, uh, what are those called? Thumbtacks. Oh yes. You know it's it's going to take a hell of a lot more than just choking me out to make me quit. Uh, and Leon, you know he's been a great advocate uh, for violence in fest, and I think the people like to see what he did, but. I prefer it not be anywhere near me in the future. And thank God we can close the chapter on this door. Yeah, well, I tell you
0: what. <laughs> the uh, the thumbtacks, you brought them with you here uh, six weeks later. I noticed when you climbed into the ring, uh,
1: your, the soles of your wrestling boot were still full of thumbtacks. Yeah, I needed it as a constant reminder that... You know, as goofy as I can act, it's still a fight in that ring, and so whenever I felt that metal scrape on the floor, whenever I saw those thumbtacks in the bottom of my boots, I thought I could take these out, or I could keep remembering what's going to happen to me if I let my guard down, which is, I'll get taken advantage of, and I'll be left bloody all over my back again. So, yeah, I left the thumbtacks in, because I'm, I'm not fucking around anymore. Well, that, I mean, that's excellent, and uh, I know that the, the, the
0: Fest family went absolutely bananas for you and that victory i mean they they've been bananas for you for quite some time but uh, i know these last two shows it's really been over the top in the very best way i mean how do you feel about fest as as an audience uh, because as a member of that audience and of the fest family
1: the the reaction for for effie is unreal uh, how does that feel Well, and thank God for Tony Weinbender for creating Fest in the first place and letting us have a place to wrestle where we don't have to live within those rules and confines. I mean, I'm sure anybody on that card could tell you there's still a lot of shows we work where there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of things we can and can't do. There's a lot of ways we have to have a match. uh, And we don't have that at Fest. So for me, what it's given me is the creative freedom to say, look, If I want to have a a street fight with a dildo, I can do it. If I want to chain a man up and try to choke him to death, they'll let me do it. You know, there's no rules in fest wrestling, and so we don't have to play by any freaking rules. We can go out there and do whatever we want, so the creative freedom is so open that it's kind of taken wrestling to a different level that it needed to go to, especially in 2017.
2: So now that the bad blood between you and Leon Scott is officially over now, we're not going to see that match again. Um, who who would you like to face? I mean, would you like to face probably maybe Sue Young for that Fest Wrestling Championship?
1: I mean, obviously I'm coming for the Fest Championship. I've I've held my tongue long enough, and I think it's great to hold defending it in Europe, which is huge. But as soon as Chuck Taylor loses to Sue Young, which will definitely happen, uh, I, I'm trying to get myself in there and take it from her. You know, no bad blood, but I'm not scared of a girl that dresses up like a little character from the ring and uh everybody else seems to have an issue with it so i'll step up i'll whoop her ass and i'll take that belt right off of her but until then i'm treading water a little bit and i'm not gonna you know take a lesser spot than what i deserve at fest and there's a few people coming in that i would love to uh to beat up on old maxwell jacob friedman's coming in i'll beat his ass Bad boy joey janella i'll beat his ass um, anybody on the fest roster, you know, there's no bad blood between me and Teddy Stigma, but I'd love him one-on-one just to see who's a bigger badass.
2: Wow, sounds like you've got quite a few people you want to maybe uh, get in the ring with. Um, and obviously, uh, Sue Young, uh, who's, who's also a friend of the show. I, I won't say as good of a friend, Effie. Um, but anyway, um, that's really interesting. Good. <laughs> How could anyone be, a, be as good a friend as you? Come on, Effie, come on.
1: So what is the future for Effie? Look, and thank God for Fest Wrestling, because they put me on a bit more of a larger independent map. The shows in Alabama weren't doing it. The shows in Georgia weren't doing it. Hell, a lot of the shows in Florida weren't doing it. But people started seeing Effie at Fest, and people started paying attention. And what I've always said, and you can take this as ego or you can take it as truth, what I've always said is my product is tight. My brand is tight. But I need more eyes on it. And now more eyes are seeing it. And because of that, and because of what I've done at Fest, I will be going to Texas to wrestle. I will be going to Washington to wrestle. I will be going to North Carolina to wrestle. I'm going all over now. And I'm not restricting where I'm going. And I'm taking money bookings, and I'm getting the hell out of Florida. Because people need Effie. And once people finally discover what Effie is able to do, what are they going to say? They're going to say, where the fuck has Effie been? And I'm going to say, baby, I've been right here the whole damn time. Awesome. Hey, and we... We can attest to that. We we have been here and we love Effie. Hey, and I'm hoping for fifty, five hundred, a thousand more. Whole ref and show forever for life.
2: Oh, thank <laughs> you, sir. We appreciate that endorsement. <laughs>
1: well, you oh, know, God, yeah. you
0: know, we're gonna be at the Hippodrome during the Fest 16. We might just
1: have to haul your uh, ass up on stage. I heard, I heard the rumors that, it, that the, the actual fest is going to be a big live celebration for the whole reference show, and I'm not going to miss it. So if you guys want to come hang out with all of us, I suggest you show the hell up Saturday afternoon to see some podcasting happen in front of your eyes.
2: Oh, hell That's yeah. Right. Awesome, man.
1: <laughs> that is right. So it's going to be
0: us. It's going to be you. It's going to be all of you, dear listeners. You don't want to miss that. We'll have much more about that to come soon. But Effie, wow, yes, you're going to be in Washington, you're going to be in Texas, you're going to be all over, and uh, we definitely want to make sure we keep our eyes on you.
2: Please do. Keep your eyes, your ears, your bodies, keep it all over me. (laughs) (laughs) So far, so good, Effie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how can the fans and the millions of other people who don't know Effie yet, but are about to have their fucking minds blown by Effie, how can they reach you on social media, my friend?
1: Instagram, Twitter is at Kill Effie. K-I-L-L-E-F-F-Y. Because they want to, but they can't. And on Facebook, I'm just Effie. And make sure if you're going to reach out, at least watch a couple videos first. Get yourself familiar with Effie with what I bring to the table before you start adding and replying me on the social media.
2: I would definitely agree with that. Also, advertisers, uh, if you have a product you want to uh, be endorsed by Effie, I'm sure you can talk to his people and they can set something
1: up for you. Is that correct, Effie? My Clorox deal, Cobra, so I'm free time after that.
2: Oh, very nice. Very nice. Well, Effie, I know that on behalf of myself and Darren, we both appreciate you being with us here, and uh, we enjoyed uh, celebrating Fest Wrestling's anniversary as well, and uh, we look forward to seeing
1: more of you in the future, no matter who you face. Thanks so much for having me back, and... Uh... I hope you guys last forever you're the greatest wrestling pop I've ever spoken to and sweet boys oh well thank oh, you sir <laughs> sweet boys oh <Aww. laughs> well thank you we Effie. will talk
0: to you soon Effie you keep kicking ass see you soon and
2: would like to thank Effie one more time for taking the time to be on the whole Ref and show it's always nice when Effie stops by and tells us what's going on and with that uh, we're going to end it our 50th oh. episode is in the can Darren how do you feel about that I feel great I don't
0: feel 50 I don't feel a day over 17
2: episode 17 <laughs>
0: i don't feel a day older than episode 17 but yes 50 is now going in the can and i can't believe it
2: yes indeed and uh, how do you guys feel about the 50th episode huh you can let us know how can you let us know? Well, there's a lot of ways. You can find us on Twitter at Refn show Podcast. That's RefnShowPodcast. That's R-E-F N S H O W P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, Whole Ref Show, like and subscribe and share and all that fun stuff. Uh, send us an email if you want, the whole ref show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at Gmail.com. Or,
0: or you can find us on our Instagram at the whole. Reffin Show.
2: Yes, indeed. And uh, on behalf of myself, Perry Smith, and the audience here at the Palladium in
1: Hollywood, California,
0: I am Darren Beasley, and I am here saying good night on behalf of all of these people here at the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia.
2: I'm saying good evening because there's a three-hour time difference, so it's it's a little different, but uh, nonetheless. And uh, that's it, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. We just surpassed uh, the 50 mark, and uh, we're going to keep it going, yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. Let's drink some bi-coastal
0: champagne, what do you
2: say? Sounds good to me, my friend. Well, on behalf of all of us here at the Whole and Show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, we will see you next week, folks. Take care. Goodbye.
0: Cheers, cheers. Cling, clink.
2: I'm talking about the one, the only, Mr. James Ellsworth. James, how are you today, sir?
1: I'm great. Did, did, you, see, did you say the whole rough and show? Is that what you said? That's correct. Uh, Our, oh, man, I love it. Great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a good start already, folks.